You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to episode 27, a.k.a. Scott Niedermeyer of Keeping Up With the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN for exclusive offers. This is your co-host of the pod, coming from the Rocky Mountains of Alberta, Canada, Tyler Bell here, and joined in person by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham. How are you doing today, brother? Oh, absolutely fantastic, dude. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing not too bad, and uh, excited to do this pod in person once again with you, man. So, uh, yeah, it's been an awesome week having you out here in uh, Alberta, and uh yeah, what did you think of the whole experience and going snowboarding on a real mountain, dude? Oh, man, it was so nice to get up on a real mountain and not just be sliding down a friggin' hill in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite different, isn't it? Like, everything about it. And uh, the experience just makes it so much better. Yeah, the first day, like, the first little bit was kind of shitty because I'm still trying to get my, I don't know if you call them mountain legs, whatever, under me. Yeah. <laughs> but by the end of the second day, they're just flying down, skidding around, just having a grand old fucking time. Yeah, and it didn't really... Uh didn't really help only having maybe a couple hours of sleep going into that first day but uh once we got up on the hill i think the adrenaline kicked in and uh forgot how tired we are so that was pretty awesome man was it everything you expected and more it was everything i was hoping it would be just an absolute blast can't wait to come back dude i know i loved it it's too bad we're nearing the end of the season here with snowboarding and and all of that but looking forward to uh, a fun summer as well so uh yeah what about Banff what did you think of Banff that was your first time out there it's a bit of a bit of a party scene a bit you know it was a good time we could probably leave it at that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we could probably leave it at that but there was some fun there was fun that was uh that was to be had and, and we did that and uh, uh it doesn't really uh it was it was pretty nice getting that hotel with uh, that beautiful scenery and being able to go outside in that hot tub and yeah. enjoy that too, especially after those snowboarding days. Like if we didn't have that, oh my, oh god, my god, my legs would have fallen off. I know. I don't know if I'd be able to walk around, but yeah. Once we sat in there for about an hour, had a couple cold brewskis, a couple cold pops there, I was feeling much better and much. Uh, ready to go out and have those good times. Yeah, cooled down do for the again. warm up and then got out for a good time on the town. Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. But uh, yeah, let's jump right into some hockey talk. And obviously, 
uh, with the way we had to record last episode. It was a couple days before that trade deadline. And uh, there were some trades to be had. And Seattle made a bunch of moves. So let's let's just jump right into those moves. I know we covered the Yarn Croc one last episode, but uh, uh, there were some big moves. So let's get started with that, man. And uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs made a big trade with the Kraken. Kind of one we expected to happen with the Leafs. And that was uh, sending Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell uh, from the Kraken over to the Leafs for a 2022 second round pick a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. So just give me your thoughts on this deal. And uh, do you think the Kraken made out good here? I think we made out okay. I mean, two second round picks, everyone's going to say, oh, you basically got the value of a first. We retained on Giordano and those second round picks are coming from a perennial top of their division team. So generally you're looking at late fifties, maybe 60 if they actually make, you know, do well in the playoffs, which I kind of doubt. Let's be honest here. We're living in a real world. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like, those are late picks if you're picking up for not just Giordano that's got money retained, but Blackwell as well. Yeah. You know, I get that too. And um, I think the biggest disappointment was uh, they weren't able to get that first rounder that they were hoping for with Mark Giordano. And I really thought they would, right? But uh, I guess at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, there wasn't a whole lot of teams out there. Um, trying to acquire Mark Giordano and uh, apparently teams weren't willing to give up that first round pick. So to get two seconds and then, I mean, basically you're getting that third rounder uh, for a guy like Colin Blackwell, I would say. So it's not a terrible deal. Um, but I think, you know, looking at it, I think we would have wanted more, but we're okay with what we yeah. got, right? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. It hurts to see Gio go, obviously, but you want to give the guy his last kick at the can, right? Exactly. Yeah. And he's, he definitely deserves that. I just, you know, it's too bad. Toronto had to be the team because I don't know if it's going to go too far for those, those boys. So well, how uh, about to like being the hometown boy, finally getting to go and play for the Leafs, like childhood dream. Right. And then you're a 30 year, 38 year old man in your first game at home. You got to wear a Jersey designed by Justin Bieber. <laughs> no yeah. offense to Biebs, but like, that's kind of got to hurt a bit. Yeah, and you know what? Like the black on blue, I, I like it. I like it. The obviously the jersey's reversible, right? It's the yeah. first one you could turn inside out uh, in history. So, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, that other design is just trash. That can uh, go right yeah. into the garbage. Yeah, yeah that's just don't care for shop. it. Yeah, black and yellow too. It just seems weird. Like for, how uh, in their heads is Boston? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> Seriously, uh, but yeah, I guess we got to be satisfied with that, and that's all uh, Ron Francis wants to do right now is just gather picks, right? And, and that's the right, the right steps to be taking in this rebuild. But moving ahead, uh, we had another trade, and this one I gotta admit, this is a fantastic trade, and uh, the Nashville Predators acquired from the Kraken Jeremy Lazon for a 2022 second round pick. So this kind of came out of nowhere for me. Didn't expect any kind of return like this for Lazan. Obviously, you know, we've seen him play all year with 55 games, one goal, six points, minus nine, I believe. So uh, give me your thoughts on this one, man. I agree with you. Like, I think this is a great haul for Seattle picking up, not just like a second round pick, but you're getting a second round pick from a team that's kind of on the fringe right now. Mm -hmm. Sure, Yossi's playing fantastic like top player in the league for the last month and a half two months yep yep but you look at nashville and they're still like four points into the playoffs so they could not even make it yet 
Yeah, that could definitely happen. I mean, all it takes is like if I mean if Yossi went down with injury for the last three weeks of the season, like that um, screws them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it does. Like you got Dallas playing good, you got Winnipeg playing good again. Who knows if Vancouver could go on a run themselves? I mean, they're still close enough where it could happen. It's not like they're totally out of it. Um, but yeah, I love this. The fact that Lazan back in the day was a second rounder himself. Mm-hmm. Now he's what uh, on the verge of turning 25 years old. And this is his first season really playing steady hockey in the NHL. And you're still getting a second round pick back for him. That's a big win. I think that's great value. Yeah, that's great value. I was pumped to see that. And I know Lazan took a lot of heat uh, this season from a lot of fans online, um, but we wish him the best. And you, you know, he, he's still a good physical presence and someone who could still, uh, contribute to a lineup, uh, especially in the playoff time. So yeah, I think he'll help Nashville a little bit in the playoffs if he happens to get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, best of luck to Lazon, but uh, absolute stunner of a trade there. Uh, I absolutely loved it. But moving on here, um, the Winnipeg Jets acquired their old player Mason Appleton from Seattle for a 2023 fourth round pick. Uh, this one a bit shocking as well. Uh, give me your thoughts on it. Was this like the fourth or fifth player that's been traded from Seattle back to their old team or that they picked up off waivers or whatever? Just people that Seattle have picked up an expansion ended up back on the team they took them from. Yeah, so I thought it was a little funny there. Yeah, it happened, what, three or four times during the season alone, just like picking up guys off waivers, dropping yeah. them again, things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit shocked that it was just a fourth round pick for Appleton. I, I think this is a guy who can play steady third line minutes and, and be a contributor. Uh I don't know if he had the best uh, showing in Seattle. It took him a while to really fit into a lineup, I think, and find his way. Um, So that was, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But a fourth round pick, I feel like, you know, if you're getting a second for Lausanne, how do you not get at least a third for Appleton? I feel like that's just good GMing by Winnipeg there. You know, they go with the guy that they know what they're getting out of him. Like they developed him, they brought him up into the league. And like you said, he's not having the greatest year in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So Chevaldeov takes that opportunity to pounce on him with a low compensation pick there, a fourth, and they get someone back that they know how to make him a successful player. Yeah, especially because uh, was it Cop that they ended up trading to the yep. Rangers there? So. They're getting a guy who uh, can essentially jump into the third line. And you, like you said, you're comfortable with him. You know what he brings. You've developed him. Um, so you, you got to be happy if you're a uh, shovel day off there. And, you know, th- the biggest disappointment for me was the fact that we had to move on from Blackwell and Appleton because I loved that line uh, with them on the wings in between Yanni Gord. Yeah. I started to become my favorite line to watch the last couple of weeks for, for Seattle. So a bit heartbreaking there, but like we said, we got a stockpile of the picks here. Yeah. That and going back to Blackwell, like you saw a lot of chemistry in the last couple of months with him and Gord on the PK as well. So that really made oh, us a yeah. bit of a threat when we were down a man. Oh yeah. So that was a little disappointing to see him go too. Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, again, wishing Mason Appleton the best and uh, yeah, moving right along here. Uh, the Washington Capitals, like we were talking about, yeah. re- acquiring old players, picked up Marcus Johansson from the Kraken. And not only that, uh, the Kraken were able to get Daniel Sprong, a 2022 fourth-round pick, and a 2023 sixth-round pick. So they're picking up three assets for Marcus Johansson here. And uh, that's actually not a bad haul when you look at it. Uh, what? Give me your thoughts on it. 
I think it's a great haul considering this is a guy they like Johansson's a guy they signed for nothing at the start of the year, right? They didn't have to give anything up for him. And mm-hmm. now you're getting a guy who's a young forward who can be a middle six player who's offense only. And then you get a couple extra picks, which are just, you know, uh, throwing shit at the wall, trying to get something to stick there with the prospects. But. Exactly, right? Just keep on stockpiling those picks. And uh, Marcus Johansson uh, probably played his best hockey in Washington. I'd say in his career, probably the best hockey he played was in Washington. Yeah, Obviously before th- he got those concussions with New Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He was there as well. Um, but you know, I like that for Washington, um, just, you know, get some familiarity again and, uh, yeah, Marcus Johansson, I mean, we started pumping him on that first line, and obviously uh, teams took a notice to that, and uh, there was a market out there for Johansson, so it was great to get those extra picks. And yeah, what about Daniel Sprong? This is a guy who uh, you know, was obviously touted as a very high offensive player, very gifted offensive guy, and uh, he was picked by uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, correct? Yeah, he was their first pick in, I want to say, the 2015 draft. I think he was the McDavid draft in the second round there. But, uh, you know, he made the team as an 18-year-old, actually, before getting sent down that year later on. Wow. Scored his first goal against Ottawa, I'm pretty sure. Shocker. But Yeah. <laughs> someone's got to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he's kind of been a guy who, like, you know, like I said earlier, offense is kind of the only thing he's got going for him, really. He doesn't – I don't want to rip on the guy, but it, the – reports been he doesn't really give a rat's ass about defense he's there to score goals and create offense which i mean everyone needs one guy like that Mm -hmm. but if you start stockpiling them or they don't you know put the puck in the net more than they're having it put in the net on them then it's really not a benefit to your team and i think that's something we might be able to get with sprong i think Mm -hmm. he's going to be a 20 goal guy for this team Mm -hmm. continually throughout the year as long as he's getting nice time there but Mm -hmm. i don't think you're going to get a whole lot of defensive impact out of him yeah, because he's an RFA, I believe, still. So we'll be able to, you know, still have his rights at least. And I don't see why not. I mean, especially after the start he's had right? in the last couple games. We'll get into that a bit later yeah, on. Shooter. But uh, yeah, he's been uh, very good uh, right off the bat with this team. And, uh, you know, it, it sucks because some of these guys, they bounce around from team to team. This is probably his fourth team now. Pittsburgh, Anaheim, Washington, and now Seattle. Yeah, so so he's jumped around a bit, hasn't really found an opportunity to stay in some lineups, but uh, this is going to be a great opportunity because he is so high offensive skilled. Uh, it's going to be easy for him to find top line minutes or you know top six minutes at least yeah. on this team, and we'll get a good look to see if his offense can explode. and And so far, it already has, and he's looked very impressive. He's such a fast skater, and he's got a uh, wicked wrister to him, eh? Yeah, he loves playing that far side on the power play where he can he just let that snapper go. He does. So uh, I like that. Uh, that's a great acquisition there, especially Marcus Johansson was a 34, 35-year-old guy now, and you're picking yeah. up a guy who's uh, at least a decade younger who has still a lot of upside to his game. So I do like that pickup. And, of course, getting the extra picks um, right now, that's what the Kraken need to do. Um, and that's not it, too. Uh, Minnesota ended up trading Victor Rask to Seattle for future considerations. Uh, so what does that mean? That basically means uh, giving them away for free, essentially. We did them a favor. Yeah, exactly. We did them a favor, but it also adds another body to our lineup, another guy we could throw in there because, I mean, we just moved on from, uh, you know, four or five guys over that trade deadline. So you got to find ways to fill the lineup somehow, right? So uh, what do you think of that Victor Rask? 
Uh, I don't know. I think he'll definitely just be a depth player for us. I don't think he'll be much more than the bottom sixer, kind of just filling in here and there while his contract runs out. I think, honestly, we just did it as a favor to Minnesota because they've got that cap crunch coming up, right? With a bunch of dead money in the next year. Tons of dead money. Yeah, they're going to be in a shit so, situation. Uh, Billy G, you fucking owe us one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep that on the uh, on the mind going forward, Billy G. But um, yeah, so not only that, uh, we ended up claiming Derek Pouliot from uh from the vegas golden knights off of waivers so again just trying to acquire some bodies back into the lineup so so we have people in case we we get into some injury troubles down the stretch here and another player who has some pittsburgh connections yeah not good ones either (laughs) no let's give give me the breakdown of Derek pulia what what can the the kraken fans expect from him do you want me to just repeat what I said for Sprong? Because it's pretty much applies, except he plays defense. <laughs> and he was a bit higher of a pick. Yeah, right? a little bit higher. They might have traded Jordan Stahl for him. I mean, shit was going down at the time. Stahl needed a contract, and he was going to get way more money than Pittsburgh could afford. So they traded him to Carolina so he could play with his brother. And they ended up getting eighth overall in the 2012 draft. And they took Derek Pouliot, which, you know, fucking kills me because Derek Truba went next, and two picks after that was Philip Forsberg. So, you know, woohoo! Oh, that yeah, sucked. that's right. Philip Forsberg, he dropped in that draft. Yeah, he, he was ranked like fourth and went 11th. 11 to Washington. And they, they got traded for Erat. <laughs> Martin Erat, yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, that 2012 draft is a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot for sure. So, uh, but, but uh, again, he's just going to be a depth defenseman. I don't think he will ever jump into a top four role i think he's past that opportunity in his his career but uh, honestly i don't even know if he'll be a kraken next year yeah but he's that much of a depth defenseman yeah and that makes total sense too again they're just trying to find some bodies right now they had an opportunity picking him off uh off of waivers there from vegas so um yeah filling bodies because we traded so many bodies and not only that we did get donskoy back off the ir and to help fill those bodies too, they called up Cole Lind again. So uh, rejoining the big club and another opportunity for Cole Lind, a guy who, you know, we pumped his tires last podcast, uh, talked about how he's basically been that the best player down uh, playing with Charlotte. So it's good to get him back up with the big squad here. And yeah, he's getting uh, some, some top six minutes right away and kind of, you know, proved yourself type playing of minutes, right? McCann and uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart. Who did he play with last game? It was uh, I McCann, think it, I think they the Geeky? yeah they I mean the lines have been shuffling. His first game with uh, with Arizona when he got called up was with Gord and Sprong, and then you know they had some guys go out with injuries. So again the lines got shuffled all around. But you know just kind of wrapping up all those trades. Uh, Seattle now has what thirty four picks total in the next three drafts. So uh, what they would typically get 21 right seven times three 21 so you're adding that much more picks so up to 34 and just yeah talk about how big that is for this team well it's huge because i mean like you said at seven a year if you add one more pick then you're up to you have two extra years worth of picks in the next three drafts basically which is Mm -hmm. massive for this organization oh yeah super massive now obviously i don't think we're going to make all those picks especially we have 12 in this coming draft i think we're going to make 10 i think two will get traded to move up or you know acquire someone else to fill out the roster going forward Mm -hmm. yeah i could definitely see that i mean you take a look at all the second round picks they have and those seem to be the ones you could really move around with and you know if you have a player out there you want to try to acquire those second round picks become pretty valuable 
if you have a guy you're targeting in the draft uh, who's more of a, a late first, maybe you could move a couple of those seconds, move up, uh, get somebody around the 20, 21 area, uh, something like that, and and really go out and acquire guys that you really want to uh, you know be a big part of the rebuild here here in Seattle. So they did a fantastic job at doing that. And then you have three fourth round picks this year as well. That gives you a lot of opportunity to target uh, certain players and, you know, maybe take uh, some big swings on some guys, take some risky picks. Right. Yeah. And what I liked too, was they kind of spread it around, right? Like they didn't just take multiple picks from four teams to acquire all their extra picks so that it's not the same movement throughout the draft. Right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's not, an end of a second round pick and an end of a fourth round pick. You could have like the end of the second for your Toronto pick that you picked up there. Mm-hmm. And then your extra fourth round pick you pick up might be a little bit earlier too. So you're creating a bit better movement there. And I like that. I like that too. And uh, yeah, you take a look at all these picks. I mean, even next year you, you have three second rounders right now and you could be in a situation where you, you acquire some guys in the off season and, it might be another struggling year again and you have more trade bait for next season. Exactly. So they're going to do nothing but add to, you know, more of those draft picks going forward. So pretty excited to see what they end up doing. And of course their first rounder this year is going to be pretty high, probably uh, looking almost a guaranteed top four pick right now. Basically almost you can guarantee a top three pick. It's pretty damn close to that. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see who they end up picking to be a big part of the future of this this organization. But uh, yeah, yeah. What do you give uh, if you had to give a a grade to Ron Francis for this trade deadline as very first as uh, the general manager of the Seattle Kraken? What would you give him? I'd give him a B plus. I think it's pretty tough to give anybody an A as a seller without picking up a first round pick. Mm-hmm. But I think I feel like this is almost as good as you could have done without getting that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, if there's a player you're going to miss watching on this team the most, who's it, who's it going to be, man? Ooh, I wasn't ready for that one. Might be. I'm, I'm going to say it's one of the Toronto pickups, either Giordano or Blackwell. Yeah, really Blackwell, eh? Well, at least the last little while. He's been a lot oh, of yeah, fun for he, me to watch, He has right? been. He has, especially on the PK. And Giordano's tons of fun to watch, too. Um, but going to be keeping our eyes on all these guys and just see how they do. Oh, here's here's one. Who has the best shot at going deepest in the playoffs out of all the players? Ooh, out of our traded players? Yeah. Yarn Croc probably. Yeah, I think that's got to be. I don't think there's a whole lot of uh teams we made trades with that are Well, obviously you've got Toronto. Yeah. But Toronto, until they get out Nashville, of the first, I'm not going to believe they do. Washington jets are on the outside looking in so that's a tough one to say that especially with how they've been how they've been playing and their goaltending and whatnot they don't look too too promising for any kind of deep playoff run no crazier things have happened but yeah washington again they're they're kind of gonna sneak in there they're gonna have some tough outs at the start though i mean uh, the top of that metro and the top of the uh the atlantic it's it's a the lose, East is lose. just such a clusterfuck. It is, it is. But I think you're right. Yarn Croc's definitely going to have that best opportunity. The problem is uh, Calgary when they do make the playoffs, and when they do, you know, even in a good position, they suck. They've been struggling, man. They they can't get past that first round either. So remember when they got like first in the West, and everyone's all they're going to stomp Colorado, and I'm like, yeah, Colorado in five. Yeah, and 
Makar's first year playing too, got his first goal in the playoffs against Calgary, and it was like, this is over. Oh, yeah. You could tell after game one, it was yeah. like, holy crap, this Colorado team is insane, especially after adding Kale Makar. Wow. Mm. So uh, they are built totally different, though. I think they're they're built as a playoff team. They, they added so much more size. Uh, they got size on the back end that they added too, and then their goaltending. Jacob Markstrom, the guy can definitely take a series just on his own. So. Yeah, he's been on fire lately. So, yeah, I think Calgary definitely has that best chance. So, you know, it'd be pretty cool to see Yarn Crock uh, pick up a cup this year. So, and then, you know, that would mean the cup comes back to Canada too. Ah, so, uh, just down we'll the road. See. Just down the road. Might have to go be part of that celebration. Go, you know, maybe uh, maybe throw him a beer and, and chug a beer with Yarn Crock. Get a, get a crack in Jersey and do that too. Get so. it signed. Oh. That would be awesome. Yeah, moving right along here, though. Uh, what the Kraken played two games this week. That first game against Arizona, we didn't really have the opportunity to get to watch it. Might have been um, after it a little bit. Yeah, we might have been getting after it in Banff that Oops. night. But we did get to stop in at uh, a little underground pub named Tommy's. And, uh, yeah, I was a little shocked they had the game on TV. Eh? Yeah, that was freaking awesome. That was awesome. I was, like, middle of Banff there, and you're playing uh, – uh, Arizona versus Seattle Kraken <laughs> hockey game. Bowl. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so that was exciting. Um, but yeah, we had to end up pretty much watching the highlights of this game to really have an idea of how the game went. Uh, we just caught, what, just the last 10 minutes of the third, but there wasn't a whole lot that there happened. There wasn't much remembered from that game. There wasn't a whole lot <laughs> remembered. That's true, man. I, I, yeah, we were doing a bunch of shots there, so. I forgot where we were. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Well, that was your first time there anyways. But jumping into this game, we kind of ended up missing the wrong game here because they pulled away with a big 4-2 victory against Arizona in Arizona. And it was about time because after uh, the two or twice losing to them earlier in the season, we finally pulled out a big win here. So, yeah, give me your thoughts on this hockey game. Well, I mean, it's always nice when you predict the score and it actually fucking comes true this time, right? That's true. Yeah, we did. That might be our first time. 4-2. Yeah, I think we've gotten pretty close uh, most other times. But uh, yeah, I think 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 we each predicted one at some point. At least I want to think about. At least, yeah. We really should start writing these down. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Um, But yeah, 4-2 victory against Arizona. And, you know, based on the highlights, they had a pretty good start to the game. They're out shooting them quite a bit in that first period. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of the action kind of kicked into play in that second period. eh? Yeah, it looked like a lot of the, I mean, just watching from the highlights, like you said there, it looked like a lot of the shots in the first kind of came from the perimeter. There wasn't a whole lot coming in. And I don't mean that just from Seattle. I mean, from both teams. Like, what'd you see the one? And I want to say a ghost despair took the same shot twice from below the circle right in the dot lane there yeah there wasn't a lot it's in like, the middle what are you doing yeah yeah <laughs> what are you doing why? i know you're in the nhl but stop. i know you're smarter than me at <laughs> hockey but explain it why <laughs> and uh yeah i guess we didn't mention that sprong uh was getting that opportunity on the second line with gord and cole lynn too who, who we said was getting those top six minutes so uh yeah he made an immediate impact in this game and yeah, the, the goals didn't start until that second period, right? Where uh, I believe it was Nick Schmaltz about halfway through on the power play, uh, one time one uh, from the point there. From uh, Keller. The from Keller. From the wall. Yeah, yeah. Two oh, guys yeah. We no, or the slot, for. sorry. The slot. And yeah, of course, those have been their, their two best players for a little while now, right? Yeah. But just shortly after that, not too long, 
Carson Soucy just uh, plays a little give and go with uh, Wenberg there and kind of sneaks into the middle of uh, kind of the, the far point there and then just rips one top shelf. Just wired it. Yeah, giving him his eighth of the year. And the goals just kept happening too right after that. Uh, Nick Ritchie ends up, uh, I think he got behind Hayden Flurry there. Yeah, got it looked like he break. got kind of twisted up at the at the blue line there. Ends up getting in behind him, putting one past Grubauer. And uh, yeah, 2-1 just like that. And then the newcomer, Daniel Sprong, on the power play. Woo. Wasn't exactly a power play setup, but uh, they came in off the rush there. And Sprong just decided to, uh, you know, he got that feed from Jane Schwartz, had some room into, to step into the middle, and then just wrists a nice snapshot uh, past Vejmelka there. And uh, just like that, it was a 2-2 game. Yeah, I really like the play by Schwartz there to create the space for Sprong too, right? Like he drives past him and pushes the D. You see he runs just a little bit of a pro interference where he takes the D stick for that half a second. It yep. just creates the lane in the middle for Sprong to cut unimpeded. That was nice. Drives hard too and yep. then makes that D follow Schwartz to give him that extra space. And uh, yeah, that's awesome to see, uh, to see Daniel Sprong getting a goal in his first game in a Kraken sweater. So Keep him coming, baby. Yeah, keeping him coming. And uh, not only that, uh, to end the period, Carson Soucy once again puts it into the back of the net, uh, scores his team-leading ninth on uh, the defensive end, of course. And Durham, that was another big goal by Carson Soucy. Yeah, that was huge, just wiring it into the top shelf there. And didn't you say, too, uh, first D this year with multi-goals in a period? Yeah, so Carson Soucy is the only NHL defenseman with uh, multiple two-goal periods this season. Multi-two-goal periods. Yeah, multi-two-goal periods this Not a big season. deal. No, that's actually pretty impressive when you think about it, eh? And uh, yeah, yeah, he's been, I, honestly, like when you look at it, I think he's been like the Kraken's best defenseman. And especially out of who we have left. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So, um, so that would wrap up that second period and giving them a, a nice three, two lead going into the third. And, uh, yeah, we didn't see a whole lot from the highlights in the third period, a little bit more back and forth, a bit more pressure from Seattle there. They end up shooting out shooting Arizona 11 to five in that third period. And then, you know, just over halfway through that third, we've seen an absolute beauty set up oh. by Jared McCann there. Uh, to find Geeky just over to the side of the net there and some maybe some bad coverage from uh, Galchenyuk there. But yeah, just a little bit. nevertheless, huge fake from McCann on the shot and then just finds Geeky absolutely wide open there. Uh, he bangs home, uh, I believe, his fifth goal of the year. So that was a huge goal. End up They end up taking that 4-2 lead all the way to the end of the game for a 4-2 victory against Arizona. Woo! So, yeah, what do you think of the game? Well, it's nice to win, right? And we're going streaking. That's two in a row. Oh, yeah. No, that's so. two in a row. Yeah, two in a row. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the next game they ended up dropping to L.A. The Kraken have not won three games in a row all year. There's always next year. There is. I mean, there's still. I, mean, I don't want to sound like that guy, but anyone who's looked at the schedule for Seattle coming down, oh, it gets freaking tough. Yeah, dude, it, it's Their looking pretty for bad. The rest of the year ain't easy. No, it, it it's gonna be a battle. Um, for a lot of those games, I think you said about seventy percent of those games are against playoff teams. Yeah, I think f counting the game that they just had against LA, 
Mm-hmm. 14, 14 of the remaining 18 games are against playoff teams or teams within five points of the playoff spot. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But uh, yeah, moving on, uh, they end up playing LA last night, and this was the first game uh, of a little back-to-back in LA. So they play again tomorrow night, which is Monday night, and uh, they end up dropping this one 4-2. to two. Uh, We ended up getting to watch this one, which was pretty cool, but... Uh, again, it kind of reminded me of some of the battles they've had with LA earlier this season where it, it seemed very defensive. And that, that first period was a lot different than the one against Arizona. Yeah, that was definitely an LA Kings first period. They certainly had us hemmed in quite a bit there. Yeah, they had us hemmed in. And I think it was what Carson Kuhlman had that one chance in the slot there. About and four minutes in. About four minutes in. And that was, I think, the only the only shot we've seen in the highlight reel of that whole first period right well i mean when you only have five shots on net it's kind of tough to make a highlight reel <laughs> yeah that's true but uh again this is a tough la team and they just keep finding ways to get it done right yeah exactly i mean it doesn't matter if it's their older guys or their younger guys someone's stepping up for them every night lately like this is a team who since uh february 16th is top three in the league yeah, and that's very impressive. And they actually are quite a good uh, defensive team, five on five. Their their PK isn't the best. I think it's rated about 27th in the league, uh, and, and we're about 29th. So uh, this team knows how to play some good tight hockey, and that's kind of been uh, kind of been what they've been known for, too, for quite a bit of years. Mm-hmm. Not so much on the size now, but, you know, the game's shifting to a, to a faster – game so they're still excellently structured yeah very well structured and you know they didn't have a flurry the kraken didn't have flurry or schwartz in the lineup for this one they're both scratched uh both basically listed day to day with you guess it upper body injuries so who knows right anything from the waist up it could be (laughs) so so yeah what did you think of this game Actually, I th- kind of thought it was all right. If you erase the first period where we just kind of caught walk for 20 minutes, I thought it was a pretty decent game. Like they pushed well. It was a good battle for me. Honestly, I thought it was the difference was the bounces they were getting against Arizona. They weren't getting against LA. And that was what changed the game. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with that. And, you know, they give up the one goal in the first period, which isn't too bad. Uh, a, a tough one to stop to. Uh, that was see, a nice redirect. Uh, Ollie Matt had taken a shot from the point. And Velarde absolutely perfectly tips it past Grubauer there because uh, it's just going ar- along the ice and then he puts it top shelf with a tip yep. from the slot. Those are next to impossible for the goalie to react and make a stop there. And so, they're tough to do too. That's tough oh, to yeah, place. That, that is tough. You got to have the perfect angle on that stick and everything. And yeah, definitely no blame for Grubauer there. And then in the second, it wasn't looking too promising either. Uh, I got to admit that uh, that next goal for LA Mr. Kopitar yeah. there, he takes the feed from uh, Alex Iafalo. And uh, yeah, that was just gorgeous. Talk me through that one. That was when we were both sitting there watching it. And as soon as like Kopitar took that extra step and put his stick we're out, like, we were like, oh, oh no, shit. that's in. This and it in. was in. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and Kopitar, his 17th of the year, man, he's just been Mr. Consistent for that game, for that team. Eh? I think out of the 16 seasons he's played with them, he's led their team in points, 14 of those 16. So that just talks about how consistent that guy is. Yeah, talk about a guy who's there for you year in and year out, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But the Kraken finally able to get back on the board. Uh, another 
amazing rush up the ice showing his skill and his speed all at once that's the new guy the newcomer daniel sprong with an absolute beauty of a goal what did you think of that one get the cracking on the board there to make it 2-1 actually i liked that that was some good daniel sprong this is what i can do for this team that he showed us like got his wheels going burst up the wall cut through the middle of the ice to make the d kind of cross there and a little bit of confusion create some space for himself and then just snaps it short side on peterson right and I think that's how he's going to be able to continue to find success is creating offense off the rush like that. Yeah. I think that fits his style the best. You know, he's probably not going to be a guy who's trying to muck and grind down in the corners and create off the cycle a whole lot. But if he can continue to use his speed uh, and that great shot he has and, and create offense off the rush, which is tough to do, mm-hmm. um, he's going to find a lot of success success and, yeah, that was a hell of a snipe, man. I'm getting pumped up just watching Daniel Sprong out there. He flies, eh? Yeah, he's got some wheels. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, before that second period ended, of course, the Kraken have to give up uh, a first of their career goal to Jordan Spence. Scores his first ever goal. And uh, yeah, what do you think of that one? Kind of just a little seeing eye shot. Nothing too special. I mean, obviously it's special for Jordan Spence. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's got more NHL goals than either of us do, but just kind of a shitty bounce there. Kaliev pushes it back to the D and he happens to get it through three bodies on the way and yeah. his way through Grubauer. Yeah, at least three bodies there. That That's just one that Grubauer wasn't able to see. Uh, and again, another, another guy from LA who steps up and scores, makes it 3-1. And it's too bad because after that sprong goal, uh, the Kraken had a lot more jump to the game. They were starting to put way more pressure on. And I thought that's what would have been their opportunity to get back into it. But then you give up that goal kind of before the second period ends. You go into the third period. You're only down by two at this point. But they get into a bunch of penalty trouble there at the start of that period. Uh, You know, a couple guys get sent off, uh, gets turned into a four on four there. And then the Kraken take another penalty. I'm trying to think who it was. I think it was Jordan Everly, right? For a hooking call. And then, and and that was in the offensive zone, which is not acceptable. Yeah, 200 feet from your own net. You know you're hearing about that when you get back to the bench. Yeah, especially on a four-on-four there. Like, I get you're trying to four-check pretty hard, but uh, I think that was the second time in that game where they took one uh, in the offensive zone. too. It was, yeah, it was. There was no arguing it. No, there wasn't. And and that turned into a four-on-three for uh, L.A., really gave him the ice. And Sean Dersey scores his third uh, of the season. And again, crappy bounce off the backboards, right. goes right to him. He ends up getting a, a pretty good opportunity there. And, and, and that's what's going to happen when you have that much ice open, right? And even then, Gru almost gets it, eh? He gets a piece of his blocker oh, on it, stretching across. If he had across. got that, that was save of the year. Oh, yeah. The fact, like, I think he dropped his stick, too, and just yep. threw over his blocker. He was so close for making that save. And and you couldn't even see his eyes there. He was basically guessing and just yeah, throwing he's like, it over this there. is where it is. So that, that would have been nasty if he made that. But uh, that made things 4-1. Uh, about three and a half minutes into the third period. And yeah, the wheels kind of fell off there. Uh, there wasn't much opportunity for the Kraken to get back into the hockey game, but they played till the final seconds. And, you know, I think it was what, 17 seconds left. There's a face off into uh, in the offensive zone for the Kraken. They battle. It gets to the point. Uh, I think Borgen uh, takes a, takes a clapper just you know get it on net with a few seconds left and, and geeky's there to bury his six so nice to see geeky uh, rewarded for going 
to the front of the net there. And uh, this is the first time this year he scored in back-to-back games. So uh, maybe, you know, trying to build some of his confidence before the end of the season. I like to see Geeky getting on the board again. Have him step into a slightly bigger role next year, a little more consistency with the team. It'll be good for him down the stretch here to get a bit more ice time. No, it'll be awesome, yeah, to see him. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, after his first goal against Vegas in the opening night, right, when he had that wired. rocket of a shot, Ooh. I was like, oh, this guy's scoring 20 goals this year. Like, no doubt. But you, you take a look at it. Oops. Yeah. There's yeah, still only six. Yeah. He has to go on an absolute heater. Go, He's going pretty streaking. much go. Yeah. Pretty much score a goal a game, which uh, that would be incredible. But um, yeah, they end up dropping this game 4 2. And. You know, they play him uh, tomorrow night again in L.A. So uh, what kind of adjustments do you think need to be made in order to see if they can pull out the victory? I think you'll probably want to just be a little bit more aware of their forwards kind of stretching it just a little bit there once they get that extra ice because that kind of I think that might have been what burned us a couple times there. And honestly, I, I'm assuming Quick's going to be playing net. I would assume, yeah. So, so get Quick the to the net. And I think I, I definitely be okay with uh you know, giving Grubauer some rest. You know, he's been on a, a stretch, and oh, what are we going to lose throwing yeah. Drager in the net, right? Yeah, I think you're right there too. Probably be a backup battle tomorrow yeah. night. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping the boys will do, uh, you know, a good game like they had there. I mean, like I said earlier, I thought it was just bounces got us that game. I thought it was a good battle back and forth. Yeah, and maybe not the strongest start to the game as uh, the previous couple games where they picked up those uh, two victories, of course. Um, so maybe getting out to a better start to this hockey game is really going to help down the stretch and, and uh, maybe try to get out a win. But, uh, you know, how do you shut down that Kopitar line? What do you got to do? Man, I don't know if you can, because he's just going to out-muscle you. They've got a little bit of speed on the wings, too. Like, that IFL is not slow. No. So he'll be able to burn you. I couldn't believe how fast Kempe was. He was in the right? fastest skater, and, uh, and the guy's just got a lethal shot. He's got size, and he's got speed like that. I mean, he's a hell of a player that Kempe guy. So yeah, I was uh, honestly surprised he was that quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was too. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the game Monday night, of course, uh, you're going to be back in Ontario for that one. So no more, uh, good times of, of watching hockey out here. Where, I know no uh, more being able to watch every game and then go to bed. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. What do you mean? They start at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Or 10 30, right? Oh Christ. That's those kill me. It's gotta be the best thing about, living out here on the west side is when i first moved guns. back home from living out with you last time like five years ago i said that to people i go if i ever move out west it's so that i can watch all the games afterward <laughs> and they're like are you an idiot I'm like what are you talking about that's the smartest thing i've ever said <laughs> dude it's awesome i take take for granted or I take it for granted quite a bit, but um, yeah, moving on from that. So we go from a back-to-back against LA, of course, last night and then Monday night in LA. And then we have back-to-back games at home against the Vegas Golden Knights Durham. So a team that we haven't seen since, uh, I believe it was the first game of the season. We might've played them twice already, actually. I think I'm blanking on that. Um, But these are going to be interesting games, man. Yeah, they should be good. I mean, Vegas hasn't really been that great lately either too, right? Yeah, and yeah, we had some crazy stuff happen at the trade deadline involving this team, dude. So uh, why don't you fill the people in? Because Evgeny Dadanov uh, was trying to be traded from uh, from Vegas all the way to Anaheim, but the NHL voids the trade. 
uh, and it's this huge clusterfuck. So why don't you talk us through the guy who, uh, you know, because he was bored, read the CBA. Is, uh, yeah, I might have did that once. Is going to talk about this one here. So take. I the might cold. be the only person I know that has a CBA on their laptop <laughs> for no fucking reason. I love it. I, I love the dedication. But, but yeah, take the floor on this one. Dude. So yeah, basically what happened here is the way uh, no movement clauses and no trade clauses work is apparently those aren't sent in the NHL central registry like with every other contract clause. Mm-hmm. So apparently that's only kept between the team that signs the contract and the player agent that signs it or not signs it, but covered works for that player. Right. Yeah. So what happened here was dad knob submitted his no trade. Cause every no trade has to be submitted before the start of the next fiscal year, which is July 1st for the NHL. So dad knob submits his no trade list to Ottawa, who he was with at the time. Ottawa trades him to Vegas, right? Yep. And then apparently nobody sent over to Vegas who was on the no trade clause. So Vegas had no idea about it. So they just made the trade anyways, even though Dadnov's like, hey, all the California teams are on my no trade clause. And Vegas goes, we don't even have a no trade clause. So sorry, buddy. They make the trade. And then I don't know who said it. I'm assuming dad novel or his agent let the NHL know like, yeah. Hey, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. Then there was a big investigation that happened and it was determined that it just got lost in communication somewhere along between Ottawa and Vegas. So Vegas had no idea that he even had this no trade clause. And eventually the NHL is just like, well, Anaheim's on his no trade and you trade in Anaheim. So no, that can't happen. Back to Vegas. You go Evgeny. And he's like, yeah, cool. I'll just go score goals there. I don't care. Yeah, I know. What a wild sequence. We don't see that happen. And I think there was some chatter about in the next CBA negotiations or the next GM meetings yeah. that uh, they'd like to make that a bit more proper with the, uh, Which, the no movement or no trade clauses. And it's weird that it's not already. Oh, it seems so so bizarre that it right? isn't already. That like They've got all the bonuses and everything and all the stupid little things like that. But somewhere where it's like, hey, you cannot trade me here. They're like, yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, you'd think that would be part of all that paperwork that has to get sent over and reviewed for right. those trades, right? So, yeah, that 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 was very shocking to find that out. And on top of that, the guy's like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you don't want me? I'm going to come back and prove that you still want me. And, and uh, with all the injuries they have, he gets first-line minutes. And since then, he's scored in back-to-back games. And not only that, he had the OT winner last game. Yeah, and a big comeback win against Chicago. Huge there. comeback win. I think they were down 3 nothing. Yep. End up winning 5-4 in overtime, I believe. Yeah, I think they scored three goals at the first five minutes of the third period there. To yeah. Tie it. yeah, it was pretty wild. So uh, credit to Dadanoff for just uh, basically giving the middle finger back to his own organization and saying, yeah, what are you doing trying to trade me? Like, uh, I'm uh, your hottest player right now. Get hot, stay hot. Yeah. Living in the desert. But we got back-to-back games against this Vegas Golden Knights team, and uh, they're struggling to get into a playoff spot right now. And, you know, how awesome would it be for the new expansion team to get a couple wins against, uh, I guess you could still say they're struggling because you look at the their record in the last 10, they're still four and six. 
uh, 4-6-0, and right? They have won the last two games. That's because they pissed off their own guys and they're going hard. But um, how awesome would it be for, for us to get a couple victories against Vegas and ultimately be the reason why they missed the playoffs this year for the first time? How awesome would that be? Everyone's all like, yeah, Vegas is a great expansion team. They went to the finals. Seattle sucks. Fuck you. We're going to kill your season. Yeah, let's absolutely bury them with these next couple games uh, because honestly, I, I don't think that's far-fetched when you look at the position Vegas is in right now. Uh, they're going to be desperate. They're going to be hungry, and we get that. Um, you know, they're, they're sitting on, what, 76 points right now, uh, just one point ahead of Dallas for that last wildcard spot in the West, but Dallas has four games up on them, and then, you know, just below them is Vancouver and Winnipeg, and Vancouver, they have 67 games played, so one less, and they're three points behind them. So not too far off. And then, what, Winnipeg has 66 games, so that's two less games played, and they're sitting on 72 points, which is four back of them. So technically, they pull off those two wins, uh, and they're exactly even with where Vegas is right now. And the problem with Vegas is the injuries that they're dealing with right now. Oh. And... They're in some trouble, Durham. They have some injuries, eh? What an all-star lineup they have hurt right now, though, right? Yeah, dude. You go go over their injuries right now. You could literally make a, like a full starting lineup, like, like including goalie. Mark Stone, Riley Smith, Max Petretti. That's a first line on any good team. Yeah, that's a first line right there. Patches, Mark Stone. I mean, I don't know who's playing middle of the ice, but... They'll but figure that's it besides out. Besides the point, right? Someone will take faceoffs and they'll just play. Yeah, it's just hockey. And then they got Braden McNabb and Nick Hag too on the back end that are out. Those are big guys, literally. What's Nick Hag six six? Yeah, I was gonna say he's a huge guy. McNabb six four, six three. Yeah, I think he's up there. Yeah, and another big body guy. Um, they have what Mike Amadio. He says he's listed as COVID, but it shows him in the lineup right now. So I don't know what's going on with that on daily faceoff. But and they have, you know, Robin Leonard, who is supposed to be their guy this year, who's been in and out of the lineup quite a bit. And yeah, he's out right now. So he's not going to be a part of these next two games. So this is the opportunity to strike and uh, maybe get a bit of revenge on Vegas after they beat us with a couple kick in goals and shit. Yeah, uh, some horse shit. Yeah, exactly. Some horse shit. So I really want to see. Uh, a battle against these two, uh, the two newest expansion teams going after it here. And like, these are absolutely the times to pounce on Vegas too, right? Cause since they've got Eichel back, like we mentioned, they haven't been that hot, but since they've got Eichel back, they're 22nd in the league in points. And if you go in goals against, they have the ninth most goals against since Eichel's come back with 63 times they've been scored on in 20 games. Yikes. That's uh, that's tough for them. No doubt about it. Um, what do you get? You got some score predictions for us? Are we doing the LA game tomorrow and Vegas or just the Vegas game? Let's start with the, the LA game. A oh, little bit, bit of revenge game here. I mean, the pattern is four, two, four, I two, just, four, two. I was just going to say four, two <laughs> with an empty netter. Okay. Yeah. For Seattle. For Seattle. We're Let's winning. go. Okay. Four, two with an empty netter. Yep. Okay. Nice. I'm going to go five, four overtime win. Ooh, OT, some extra hockey. Yeah, I think Sprong gets two goals. Ooh. Yeah, and I think Donskoy gets an assist. Okay, and okay. And he's minus one. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Did he Wait, get what? the assist on the power play? <laughs> Maybe shorthanded? I don't know. Well, we'll see, but I like that. But, yeah, let's focus on the, these LA games because 
Uh, they're both at home, which is nice. Get the home crowd advantage. Um, but man, I, I don't know. I'm just ready to see them bounce or pounce on this Vegas team because uh, by the looks of it, I think Jack Eichel might be a, a team killer. Yeah, just saying. I mean, what happens with Buffalo makes playoffs before Vegas does. Dude, I, I want that to happen like, so bad. Will the world burn? I kind of yeah. hope so. Old Jack Eichel will burn inside. They're going to just ship him out of there immediately. Yeah, yeah, I think he deserves it after some of those comments he had to make after oh, that game against Greg. Buffalo. He was pissed <laughs> off. Yeah, loudest I've ever heard the place. Dude, shut up. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, they didn't do this when I was here. Well, what did you do when you were there? I mean, you had a couple great seasons, but um, I don't know. It just never felt like the right fit, too. Yeah. Just felt awkward there. At it some kind of points. felt like they shoehorned him into a leadership leadership position as well. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know if he's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how he's not the guy in Vegas for them, right? Doesn't have to be. I mean, you got way better leaders on that team. I feel like Patch some Reddy. of the guys that are leaders would just grab him and be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. They already have uh, three former captains on this team right Petrangelo, guys who have won as well so um yeah any predictions for the game for both games Grubauer is going to play the first game against Vegas and he's going to get a two nothing shutout win and he's going to play the second game against Vegas just because fuck it I don't know why and he's going to win 4-1 wow only one goal given up against Vegas yeah. oh I like it okay okay um yeah this is gonna be interesting i gotta go with gotta go to seattle first game i think they're gonna be fired up to play vegas here um i'm gonna go with uh god i'm gonna go with four three again and then the second game i'm gonna go with uh <laughs> not much different i'm gonna go with five two <laughs> <laughs> you were gonna say four yeah i know i was I was, I was like, I can't say that again. That's lame. But yeah, I like it. I think uh, this is the chance for Seattle to continue building. They've been better as of late. It seems like they're playing a lot better structured hockey too. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to these these couple of games here, Durham. We're just trying to put off being eliminated from playoffs as long as possible. Oh yeah, exactly. Don't get eliminated before Arizona. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Montreal's been the first one, right? We weren't first. Yeah, we weren't the first one eliminated, so suck it, Habs. Um, yeah, you can eat that one. Uh, but yeah, moving right along here. Kraken fans, the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. 
That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. Welcome back to episode 27, a.k.a. Scotty Niedemeyer. Scotty Niedemeyer. Um, we're going to move right along here uh, to the stat of the week, Durham, and uh, we've got a pretty interesting one here. Uh, do you want to take the floor on this? I like this one when you showed me it. I, I like it a lot, actually. Daniel Sprong has played 26 minutes and 11 seconds in a Kraken jersey. Why am I saying that? Well, Jonas Donskoy has played 904 minutes and 24 seconds in a Kraken jersey, and they both have two goals. Yeah, just absolutely wild. And we're not here to to hate on Jonas Donskoy, but we had to throw that stat out there because it's pretty ridiculous. And it speaks volumes to the start that Daniel Sprong's already having. Yeah, exactly. I want to make sure like we're emphasizing we're not shitting on Donskoy here. It's just, holy shit, the dude's got a goal every 13 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, it is pretty wild. And uh, why don't you add to that stat? Oh, yeah. So Donskoy's got 83 minutes and 8 seconds on the power play, right? With the Kraken this year, right? Yep, with the Kraken. Doesn't have a power play goal. Sprong's got two minutes and 53 seconds and already has a power play goal for Seattle. (laughs) Keep that coming. Just wild. You put that into perspective. Donskoy's played over a full game straight on the power play. And then what? Another almost half a game on top of that, right? Like uh, what about just shy of seven minutes of of a game and a half on straight up on the power play for Donskoy and not even one single goal on the power play. And then Sprong comes in here and, you know, one of his first shifts on the power play with the team and he scores a power play goal. Yeah, he's just like, I'm here to shoot pucks. Yeah, and I mean, these are, I mean, Donskoy is an established player. I mean, he had 17 goals last year with with Colorado, and I I believe it was about 53 games. He was a couple shy. Yeah. Yeah, so you put that into perspective, and Sprong, what's his career high? It's less than 15, 12, something like that. He's got 17 with Washington once. Really? That would be surprising. I I didn't... uh, didn't believe uh, or I, I wouldn't believe that actually i just didn't know sprong was scoring at that rate at any point in his career let's take a look though oh no it's 13 i'm dumb but 13. it was in half a season yeah that's fair so uh just speaks volume to the new guy and how good he's been and the exact reason why we have him as uh this week's player of the week durham uh which isn't too bad i mean in the two games he's played obviously we talked about it he's got the two goals one coming off the power play. He's got seven shots on goal in those two games. And for one, one game was a 4-2 win. One was a 4-2 loss. He's still a plus two in those two games so far. Uh, so that's credit to how good he's been. Uh, but just the one hit. And I think uh, that's kind of expected with Sprong, right? We talked about he's a small guy. He's, he's flashy. Uh, he creates offense. He's not necessarily throwing his body around. Yeah, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be a bruiser. No. So credit to Daniel Sprong, who already uh, has a player of the week award with us. We're going to have to track those throughout the rest of the year and see who's leading at the end of the year. That would be pretty interesting. You can throw them a pizza party? No, <laughs> no, we won't do that. I mean, if they want, that would be cool. But uh, I doubt that's going to happen. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, no. We could try, but I doubt it's going to happen, dude. You think um, you want pineapple on it? Oh, fuck, dude. I'm not talking to Stronger if he wants pineapple <laughs> on his pizza. I'm against it. Yeah, I'm a hater when it comes to that. All I meat, mean, no veggies. 
I like I like pretty much anything on a pizza, but when it comes to pineapple, yeah, I'm kicking you out the door. I started having olives on it a little bit here and there, but I'm I'd not, rather I'm have not that. ordering it. Yeah, I'm not going out of my way to be like, yeah, you want to ruin this pizza with pineapple? Right? Who puts fruit on this? Yeah, this that's just whack. People do that are whack People straight are up. Um, yeah, that's about all we have. I wanted to mention, dude, uh, you know, just with your Pittsburgh roots. Oh, uh, no. What did you think about the flurry trade? I like it for him. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed it's not to Pittsburgh, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. I still think he's going to end up signing a one day deal and retire a penguin. But yeah. I like it that he goes to Minnesota, you know, gets a chance to go somewhere where he can be the guy and there's not going to be much controversy. Like mm-hmm. the Billy Garen quote afterwards when they're like, what do you say to Cam Talbot? He goes, yeah, Cam's a professional. <laughs> there's no time for petty bullshit. We're here to win. Yeah. Well, he's exactly right on that. Yeah. And I like how you say out of all the teams um, that were looking for a goalie, he's going to get a good opportunity to split half of those games down the stretch. And quite possibly see some time uh, in the crease in the playoffs too, right? And I think that's, if you look at his career, what's worked best for him in the last 10 years is where he's got someone that can take some of the load off of him, especially in the playoffs. Like his last Mm -hmm. two cups with Pittsburgh were a complete tandem. Him and Murray both had wins in the run. Yeah. And he's had some good runs with, uh, uh, with Vegas there where, uh, yeah, yeah. He's had carried them to that cup final. Yeah. Oh, that one, he was just, Insane. His his numbers were just insane. What so, do you have? Like three shutouts in the first two rounds? Yeah, I think they had two shutouts in the first uh in the first series against LA. I think it was LA. Yeah, they beat them four straight, and swept them five games against San Jose or something like that. Yeah, it was five or six against San Jose, and then it was another four or five games against Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a crazy run by then, uh by them there. So yeah, I was a bit shocked to see him get moved, to be honest, because of the rumors that he was content with just staying uh, instead of, you know, moving around. But he brought up a good point in an interview how Minnesota's fairly close to Chicago, so he's not going to be that far from his family yeah. during this run. And I think that's uh, was very, very important for Flurry for this deal, right? Yeah, yeah, I know family's very big to him. Yeah, and he understands that his his kids are getting to that age where, you know, he doesn't want to be missing much more of their lives, you know, with his profession. And as a 37-year-old, I believe, 37, 38 maybe, but uh, he he understands that this is is the end of his career and what a fantastic career it it has been. And Hall of Fame. He might not be trying to chase, uh, you know, a second place in wins or a third place in wins for goalie, but uh, when you have three cups under your belt, you don't really have to, right? No. Three cups, four finals. Yeah, add in, uh, I think he's got a gold medal as a third goalie. Yep, yeah, he was there in 2010. Yep, so, you know, fantastic career um, for the guy. And I don't know if Minnesota's going to do anything this year in the playoffs, but it'll be cool to see him uh, get in some action and and, and play some of his last games in the NHL because I don't think he's playing past this year. Which does kind of suck because he's only 39 wins from second. Which is wild. Right? Yeah, he could totally do it if he wanted. Like if he like could take with a good team, say he wins 10 games down the stretch with Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If he gets some wins this year and then carry that into next season, he could be. Yeah. But uh, I don't think we're going to see that, eh? Yeah, I think you're right with it. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. Um, 
Moving along, another uh, acquisition I wanted to bring up. Okay, there's so many trades, dude. We're not going to get through all of those. Just the it, big ones. It, yeah, just some of the main ones. I wanted to get that flurry one in. And then the other biggest one, in my opinion, that we didn't cover last pod was uh, uh, Pittsburgh acquiring Raquel. And, uh, you know, that was a big, big trade because they've been making these trades, uh, acquiring some big names up front. And they haven't exactly worked out in Pittsburgh too much, but... Uh, do you have any any you know positive thoughts or you know positive vibes of of Raquel here? You just explained why I don't have a lot of positive <laughs> thoughts here, but I do like it. Like Raquel's a good player; he'll play on that second line, get shifts with Crosby here and there. So he's going to play with seventy one or eighty seven, right? He's not going to have a fucking bad centerman give him the puck. Yeah. So I think I think I could like it. I don't know if he'll get extended, but I do like for a rental if that is what he ends up being they didn't give up their first which mm-hmm. is something like unheard of in pittsburgh but yeah i mean raquel's good good shooter apparently i think it was jay fresh the uh, advanced stats account said he's not a guy who can really create on his own anymore mm-hmm. so that kind of hurts but he's gonna be playing with two good playmaking centermen so i don't know i'm kind of intrigued to see how it goes down the run here and some other real good wingers too yeah i mean rust and gensel yeah, they got some sick depth on the wing right now, especially in their top six. So, yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that one. Um, and then this morning we heard some news. Uh, Jake Sanderson signs his entry-level deal with Ottawa, of course, coming from uh, the uni- University of North Dakota there, put up 26 points in 23 games. And, yeah, I wanted to mention this guy because any NHL fan out there, hockey fan, be aware of this Jake Sanderson kid because he is going to be one of the next big studs from the blue line. Uh, and yeah, he's he's going to be an amazing player for years to come. And he's going to do some damage in Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, you got to be excited as an Ottawa fan, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you, know you always kind of hold a little bit back to, meet, to see how they do once they get to the pro ranks. But mm. I'm, I imagine your excitement's got to be as capped as it could be for this kid. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been this hyped, obviously, since like a guy, Tim Stutzla, right? Him and, and Sanderson. Shabbat. Yeah, Shabbat was, was huge. Just going D to D. Yeah, D to D. Well, they will be going D to D a no. lot. So, oh, can't wait. But Who plays the right side, Shabbat? Honestly, good question. Good question. I know uh, Sanderson's capable. He did it in uh, the World Juniors there. Um, and in his second year, or in his first year, not his second year, but. Um, yeah, I am just absolutely excited for this Jake Sanderson kid. Uh, he's going to be, you know, playing in all situations. And you're going to be surprised by how good of poise this guy has with the puck from the blue line. That's one of the things that stood out the most about his game. His ability to defend, especially using his stick, is phenomenal. He's, uh, I'd say he's an above average skater. And he is a minute muncher. Oh yeah. This guy can play. It reminds me so much of Shabbat of how much minutes this guy can play. I mean, you're basically looking at having Shabbat or Sanderson on the ice for the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. At least 80% of the game. And when you think about that, that gets me pumped up for this Ottawa team. But uh, yeah, he's going to be exciting, man. I I think he's going to be a top three candidate for the, for the Calder uh, next season. So I'm absolutely pumped to have this guy in the lineup, dude. Yeah, I think he's going to be huge. I'm not just in terms of like great player to have, but I think 
what he's going to do for the centers in terms of stabilizing their back end is going to be something you guys haven't had in a long time. Yeah, I agree big time. And um, I almost wonder what, what Seattle's going to do with the next draft because they really are going to need a guy who um, can be that elite guy from the back end. So whether they, whether they try to find that in free agency, really tough because they're, they're not available too often, right? You heard some rumblings about Doug, Dougie Hamilton last year. Uh, that obviously John Klingberg's the rumors this year. John Klingberg's the big one this year. Um, and, and that's basically it. So it's going to be interesting to see if they go with another stud forward or they try to find their franchise defenseman with this upcoming draft. I entirely think it depends where they land. I think if they're four or I think if they're a top three pick, it's a forward. I think it's got to be, yeah. But I think if they're four or lower, you take a real hard look at Nemec and Juracek. Juracek? 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 He's from Czech, right? He is Czech. Let me double Just check. Just checking. <laughs> 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 all right, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically kind of all we have for the conversation this time. Is there anything else you feel like chatting about, feel like adding? Not off the top of my head, man. Sweet, yeah. I think that pretty much wraps it up, dude. It was awesome having you in person for this. Oh this podcast again they're so fun to do like this they are so much better in person we had our little christmas holiday special there one i think yeah we had that one and then uh we could have had two but someone caught covid and uh couldn't go around them eh shit happens shit happens. i went two years without getting it i fucking got it and i'm never gonna live it down yeah you <laughs> son of a bitch no it worked out all good though um but yeah man it's always exciting when we get the opportunity to do this in person like this it's pretty awesome and of course it was a fantastic having you out this week in alberta and enjoying the scenery and just you know chilling out watching watching some hockey together and Man, just it was great. Out. i hope the listeners have as much fun listening to these live ones as we have recording them <laughs> i know they're, they're they're a blast so uh cheers to that but uh, Durham, I think it's time to get the puck out of here, man. We got uh, we got some things to do in your last day here in Alberta before flying you back. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in to episode number 27. Join us next week as we break down all three of those cracking games. And, of course, we'll keep you up to all, all news in the NHL and all things cracking, dude. So have a great week, everyone, and peace out, cracking nation.